hey, hey. Hi, guys and gals. Welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast. Guitar Wank Podcast. Guitar What's up, bitch? What's up, bitch? What's up, bitch? What's up, what's up, bitch? Mr. Bruce Bowman. I'd like to say a few words on behalf of the musicians who. <laughs> thank you! No, no, come on! Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, uh, guys! Thank you. That's enough. What? 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 We're not white? Aw, oh, guys, come on. Guys? Scott! Bruce! Come on! Guys! Really? We're not... We're not... Really? Checking it twice. Oh, man. What do you mean? Santa Claus is oh man! All right, all right. Cut the, cut the clapping. Enough with the clapping. All right. No more. No more. Stop the show. Stop. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. No, we're not doing it. That's it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs and cats, judge and jury. We're not doing it. We're not doing the hundred show. We are actually doing ninety nine A. This is show episode 99A. We refuse to do 100, mainly because I'm the only one here <laughs> and no one's around and uh, it's the end of the year and uh, Scheiser, all I can say to m- my German friends. So uh, we're doing 99A because, damn it, I will not allow a 100th show to be celebrated like this. So it's 99A and we will c- continue with uh, the alphabet until we are ready with the 100th show. Bruce is in Hawaii, living it up with the missus. Scott's, I don't know where the fuck Scott is. <laughs> I don't even know. I didn't even get a phone call from those fuckers today saying, hey, you know what? If we were going to do the 100th show, happy 100th. Happy ton. Happy century, Troy. Well done, mate. All those hours and episodes and editing. Well, not so much editing, but you know what I mean. Not one phone call. Not even a text. They usually text. So, um, <laughs> there you go. That's where we're at. If you're waiting for the 100th show, you're going to have to keep waiting. So, uh, we might... I don't know when we're going to do it. We're going to do it soon. I want to do it. But, you know. So, there you go. So, that's what we're doing, ladies and gentlemen. This is 99 at... A. For you Americans, I'm saying E. 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 Not I. Whatever. You know what I mean. 99A. So there you go. We are going to. Uh, we're just going to do a pretty much a normal week, really. Sorry to disappoint. But we've got a lot of uh, good things to talk about. We've got a good show for you guys. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no birthday cards, no no cake, no uh, celebrity guest, uh, 
No surprises, no giveaways on this show. You're going to have to wait. We are waiting on particular things to all align. So uh, it's just not happening. But until then, we're going to have fun anyway. And um, I want to say a big thanks to all our listeners and supporters. We've been getting some really great emails. And I can't thank you guys enough for all the support and the feedback. It's been really cool. I actually had an email the other week that a guy kind of ripped me a new asshole, And uh, it was kind of deserved. I was a, it was an opinion. And we went back and forth like... You know, I put the ego aside and had a good listen to what he had to say. And we actually had a fantastic email conversation back and forth. And it was really cool. And he made me think about a lot of things. And he he wrote back a lovely email just saying how much he thanked me and everything. And it was great. We, As Bruce said, we grew in the moment. And we all took a forward step. And it was really cool. So a big thanks to that bloke. I can't even think of his name now. We get, we get quite a few emails. But um, I do have a few emails here that I want to say a big shout out to Jamie. Jamie down in, uh, in Melbourne. Is, uh, I, I used to watch Jamie years and years ago at the grain store playing with uh, another good mate of mine, Matthew Singer. And uh, I heard Jamie was a listener of the show. Jamie, I used to watch you play, mate, and really love what you do. Uh, you're a great, fantastic guitarist, great rhythm player, and just kind of all-round great player just really good anyway big shout out jamie we thanks for the support mate and uh we we really appreciate you spreading the word i've been told you do uh another mate i got a shout out to josh up in uh, queensland i think you are mate josh boyd he wrote me a fantastic email i thought i'd share some of it and he was uh, josh was uh, ordering some t-shirts and some hat no not hats that's the new year uh, <laughs> t-shirts and mugs and uh, all that fun stuff and uh, I didn't have any sizes we are low on extra extra large and mediums just to let you know but if you do want a mug or a t-shirt for Christmas I promise we will get it out to you before Christmas if you order this week I promise we'll get it out to you before Christmas uh, just go to guitarwank.com or um, you can reach out to us at gmail guitarwank at gmail.com or on Facebook, wherever, all those places. Actually, we did have um, a listener. This is what I had to talk about. Larry. Larry, who is a friend of Scott's, wrote in, uh, to us and said he wanted to drop off some gifts. And I wrote back to Larry to give the address and when to come by. And Larry, your fucking email didn't work. I tried it so many times thinking, oh, man, someone's just messing with me because... The email just kept coming back. So I guess we are close to on your way from work, on the way home, and you're going to stop by and, and give us some goodness. Well, that sounded really wrong, but you know what I mean. Some gifts. That's what you said. And I can't even reach out to you to give you the email. So email me at, gmail, at guitarwank at gmail.com so I know I can get in touch with you and tell you where to bring the lovely gifts. I thank you, Larry, for reaching out, but let me know uh, how to get in touch with you, mate. So, but I wanted to share this email from Josh. It was a lovely email, and I don't. We get, we actually get a, quite a few of these, and um, I thought this was a good one from an Aussie mate down under, um, up on the Gold Coast in Brisbane. What if you know my mate Dean, sax player? Um, Dean blows pretty well. Thanks, mate. I'm happy to wait for the gifts. Oh, the 
the orders he put in. I figured it was Christmas time, blah, blah, blah. Dude, all right, he said, dude, honestly, thanks so much for all you do on the Guitar Wank podcast. It is truly a blessing in my life, and I look forward to each and every episode. Now, if that doesn't warm your heart at this time of year, nothing will. Mate, Josh, really, I know you are very humble. Well, you know, have my moments. But your contribution to the podcast is just as important as Bruce and Scott's. There you heard it, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. Just as important as Bruce and Scott's. Probably not. But anyway, he goes on. He gives me major props. And he just said he's a big fan of the show and spreads the word. And, um... Yeah, I think that was really cool, Josh, to write back and give me that feedback. So, I appreciate that, mate. Yeah, I I wasn't sure if the guitar wank was going to continue, but um, I don't want it to stop. And uh, thank God the guys don't either. So, with all the feedback we're getting and the emails, we just, um, yeah, I want to keep it going and maybe move it into the the next stratosphere of... uh, 35 people listening that might be really cool too so um yeah um all our sponsors of course guitar wank would like to thank uh wire world wire world pro audio cables the guys um have sent us a bunch of stuff to give away which we are not giving away today but we will be on our uh actual hundred show uh, so that's big thanks to those guys. Check their stuff out. Wire World Pro Audio Cable. They're going to be at the NAM show again this year with a bunch of new products, I believe. Talking to the guys. Uh, Johnny Sir, you know, what the hell does that guy do? John Sir makes great amps and guitars. He's a good bloke. Jimmy Dunlop, dear Dario. Jimmy Dunlop, you got to hook us up with a bunch of prizes. <laughs> Exotic pedals. Let's give one of their pedals away. Uh, My Music Masterclass. Maybe we can get some gift vouchers from them. Wow, I'm just whoring our show out right now, ladies and gentlemen. Just being a massive whore and seeing what we can get. Fantastic, right? Man, if I'm not getting paid for this, I want free shit, right? That's kind of how we all look at this. (laughs) Joking. Not really. Um, Okay, what else we got going on? I think that's it. Here's to another 99A shows in the future until we hit our 100 which i'm really looking forward to but um let's sit back relax again if you feel a little bit disappointed maybe just push that aside let it roll off your back because it's coming you got something else to look forward to now you're in the guitar wank moment you can sit back and just listen to the bs flow freely and uh and we'll get into it. So um, we also got it. We got a great me and Robbie Garland get together. We got to deliver that to you guys. That was a fun time. Hey, going, Rob? Rob's a great bloke. That's about it. All right, shut up, McCubbin. Let's get into it, and uh, we will start the show. Mr. Bruce Foreman and Scotty Henderson. What do we not have for the listeners this week? Well, we don't have a hundred show because we're not doing it, but we do have this. Christmas. You can play. 
But that was that was all golden nuggets right oh, there. Oh, before I, I forget, I just want to tell you guys that Phil DeGry is coming out here pretty soon. Oh, he is. And I really hope you guys can see him. Oh, I hope so, too. Where, where's man, he playing? He's a bad dude. Um, at MI. Oh, okay. I don't think he's going to do any gigs in town. I think he's just going to do a thing at MI. Would he come but, on the show? Yeah, sure he would. That, I'm sure yeah? he would. Yeah, the cool thing about him is he's... I don't know if he doesn't like playing out here, but our, maybe he hasn't found the right room to play. But he feels really at home at MI because he plays a lot. You wow. know, it's it's a lot more playing than answering questions. Yeah. And it, he plays a, a, a lot. He'll play a whole tune, maybe two or three tunes, and then answer a few questions and then play two or three more tunes. Oh, great. So he plays a lot. Wow. And, um, I can't wait and, to hear it. And it's really, like, mind-boggling, oh, Please man. let us know when It's some of the most outrageous, uh, harmonically insane yep. shit yeah, it's almost it's almost like hearing like if Keith Jarrett was a guitar player. Right. That's the kind of level that it is. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. Wow. It's insane, man. It's just I want to see that. It's really I would great. Love to see that. And, and the cool thing is all the all the sympathetic. I mean, not sympathetic, but what do you call them? The harp strings, and that I don't know anybody else who who can play that many strings and know exactly what they all are. It's not like just, you know, like on a sitar where you play some notes and you go, bring, yeah. <laughs> play. that's what I would do. Bring, hit the things. He hits them individually as notes and he yeah. knows exactly which string works with which chord. And it, it's kind of mind boggling. It just wow. really is. I mean, I he's a bad it. motherfucker. So, so I hope you guys can see him when he comes yeah. out. Let us know so we can He's really fun. You've heard him play on his records. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. He's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, we, yeah, it's some pretty, pretty heavy shit. We do have another shit. question here um, from Daniel. Um, and uh, he just wants to know, just wondering how proficient is Scott at sight reading and does he <laughs> place any value on such skill? Can he sing <laughs> the modes? Well, is he serious? He says, in subject, Scott is a cunt. <laughs> oh, okay. So you just made that whole thing up. Good. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, uh-huh. But anyway. Um, oh, Troy, in the Richard Smith thing, I gave my address out to everyone on the show. So What? What? That's, that's something that I did on that. Oh, okay. So anyway. Bruce is in the toilet, so we're not going to do his question. We're going to go straight to Scott. <laughs> okay. Do you do you feel a big difference between lower price replacement pickups and higher priced or boutique ones? Example, um, the GFS P90s versus the Gibson P90s. I, think right, we, I hate to tell the guy I'm not an expert on pickups. I'm really not. not. I, I don't know. I've had so many people ask me about the Lindy Fralin pickups, the 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 Demarzio pickups. The, I mean, there's so many. Well, there's big companies, and there's also all these boutique, boutique companies. Guys, yeah. And I honestly know nothing about it. Yeah. I mean, I've been using the same pickups on my guitar forever. Which is the Sir ones. Either the either the V60s or the Mike Landau's. Yeah. Um, John does make a really beautiful humbucking pickup. It's called a Thornbucker. He made it for Pete Thorne. Pete Thorne, yeah. And it's about the closest thing you can get to one of the old, really old Gibson PAF oh, yeah. humbuckers. It is yeah. exactly that. Yeah. And the the beauty is you can you can get it um, spaced for regular spacing, like a Gibson spacing, or he makes it in Fender spacing, so that the so that the bobbins line up with the strings. Right. And and it's a really beautiful pickup. Um, 
Uh, what else was I going to say about... Uh, I just bought some well, Lindy Fraylin pickups uh, for my telly. Yeah, I mean, I used Lindy Fraylin pickups on Dog Party, and they they're, they sound good. I yeah. use the Woodstock right. pickups. But nowadays, the problem is, is there's so much hum that using a single-coil pickup with without any kind of a noiseless system is especially if you use any any amount of gain yeah. you're going to pick up so much rf especially in a city yeah that it's almost impossible you've either got to use a noiseless pickup or i would suggest the elich system for the guys who have single coil pickups and don't want their guitar to hum anymore that russian guy elich that used to work with john sir he makes a back plate oh, and, okay. and you know yeah. you put it on the back of your strat yeah. and it's got little wires in it and they they work with the hum with the single coil to make it into a humbucking situation but it doesn't change the tone or very little not enough to really notice right and that's to me you know when people ask me about noiseless pickups i haven't really heard any that i like right um they they sound a little bit harsh especially when you turn them up to a certain volume and to me the better option is getting a real single coil pickup and using the back plate because it doesn't have a harsh sound, right. it's sound and it just takes the hum away, yeah. or at least 80% of it. That guy away. doesn't work with John Sir anymore? No, no. John has his own noiseless system now. It's actually a kind of a dummy pickup that they drop into the, the uh, what do you call it? the horn of the guitar oh, okay. under the pickup. Yeah. Same thing as Stevie Ray Vaughan did. <laughs> only, in, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan dropped an actual real pickup into, under the pick guard to go humbucking with all the other three pickups but the problem is is when you do that you're actually running through 6,000 ohms because that's what a pickup is about from 5,000 to 6,000 ohms a single coil pickup yeah. and it really takes a lot of treble away so to do that that's why Steve Ray Vaughan I'm told turned up the treble so much on his amps was to make up for the fact that he was losing a lot of treble because he had another he had wow. an extra pickup yeah. under his pick guard the difference is with the modern technology they have now, John and those guys have invented a pickup which is only 200 ohms, which is actually unhearable to the human ear. Yeah. It doesn't change the tone one tiny bit. And is it under all it, three of the pickups or just one of them? No, it's, it's actually in the horn of the guitar. Oh, you know, and so and they're wired through it? It's just wired so that, you know, that when, you're, when you're on your neck pickup, that pickup is acting with the neck pickup to make it humbucking, but without changing the tone at all. Wow. And of course, when you put it in the middle positions, it's already humbucking, so that pickup is, is disconnected, the extra pickup. Right. It only works in position one, three, and five. Yeah. You know, to combine with those pickups to make it humbucking. And it works. And um, it doesn't change the tone one tiny bit. It gets rid of the hum. gets rid of the noise. Wow. And That's crazy. I've been using that for years. I remember when I recorded um, Well to the Bone and I was overdubbing at my house, I could actually use, I was using John's um, V60 pickups and there was no noiseless system back then. And I remember being able to record at my house with no problem. Yeah. Now, absolutely no way. The hum is louder than the note even at my house wow. because there's so much RF everywhere. Yeah. I mean, there must be a hundred more radio stations in my neighborhood, I guess. But cell phones, probably. cell phones, who knows what it is. It's just noisy. You can't yeah. record. Um, 
I had him put the noiseless system with a switch so that when I uh, pulled out the, one of the tone controls, the pickup would be disengaged and it would hum like a normal guitar. Yeah. And it was just outrageous. Wow. That's and crazy. people would ask me at, at the gig sometimes, I'd be playing at the Baked Potato or Lavalie, and they'd say, How's that noiseless system? And I'd go, Well, judge for yourself. And I'd pull out the pot and it would go, and I'd put it back in.
crazy. And they'd say, oh, it really, it really works, doesn't it? Go, yep, it absolutely works. Wow, man. <clears throat> that's, that's interesting stuff. But I'm sorry I couldn't answer the guy's question because I, really I really don't know what's well, out that, there. I thought that was pretty good. But I, I don't. I, there's so many people making pickups, and I just have no I, idea which I, ones are good the, and which ones aren't. The vibe I get is that you really need to try a bunch and find what suits you, right? One of the drags about the whole matter is that it's so damn hard to to try them because you have to take your whole damn guitar apart. Yeah. And yeah. take the pickup out and solder it to the to the. I mean, holy shit! And then you put it all back together. And hopefully you've got some kind of recording device where you could, you can, you know, turn the volumes and the tones all the way up so that there's no discrepancy there, yeah. so that everything is don't touch your amp, and make sure that nobody walks into the room and disturbs anything. Yeah. And record a whole bunch of shit. Hopefully the same exact solo and the same exact notes. With uh, I have a demo solo that I know. Right. And I play the same solo every single time on the same strings. It goes from the top of the neck, the, the goes from the lowest note on the E string to the highest note on the high E string. And it's a solo that's about 15 or 20 seconds long. And I play it to compare stuff so that I know that it, it's the same notes and I'm picking it the same way and it sounds the same every time I play it. Yeah. So that's how I A-B gear. That's funny. And then that's I just, cool. Then I really just, cool. you know, I play that solo, I change whatever gear that I need to change and play it again with the new gear yeah. and then A-B the tracks. And that's how I hear the difference yeah. between anything. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it takes so much damn time to take a pickup out of your guitar and put a new one in you better remember what the pickup that you took out sounded like, so you best record it. Record it. And record it exactly in a really uh, you know, logical way where you remember everything that you did and then put your new pickup back in and record it again. And believe me, after you've done that 10, 20 times, you don't ever want to try another pickup again in your, in your whole life. I mean, it's unless, too much trouble. Unless you're... Uh, you're you're a superstar and you've just got guitar guys, texts to you've got to guitar texts to do it for you, just yeah, Just swap man. this out and put a new one in yeah, for me. Yeah, but geez, what a... Yeah, it's right. not like a pedal where you can just unplug it and plug in another one. This is a question for Bruce. Thanks for that, Scott. What? This, yeah, really? Chris, Chris Benjamin. He's got no, a question for Bruce. I like no one gives a shit. No, he gave he gives a shit and he gave a shit. Hi, question <laughs> for Bruce. Jazz standards came about because they were interpretations of pop songs and show tunes. Why are there not more players rearranging modern tunes? If you hear a pop tune, does your musical mind break it apart and analyze it? Wow. Um, well, first of all, the, the, the harmonic structure of, of pop tunes changed drastically, I guess, in the 60s, probably. Um, a lot of great ones have been written, and a lot of them, jazz musicians just continue to interpret them in new ways. Uh, but it's a very different type of harmonic structure than the older ones. Not, they're not putting any good or bad aspersions on anything. Uh, I think it's, it's great. People should take what they want and make What is the biggest it. difference between pop tunes now and the standards uh well the way voice leading worked and way the way the actual chord harmony works hmm. well there's just less there's in standards there's more two five one progressions and and, and in, in more modulations and more, yeah there's more, more modulations the relative right minor in in, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a in a in a 
I hate to use this word, logical sense. Yeah. Uh, it's, it follows a different kind of logic and harmony. And not that it's, not a, it's better or worse, it's just different. Uh, you know, a lot, of the more, a lot of the pop songs are now v- very based on the blues, you know, one, four, five mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And, uh, or modal, yeah, they're or modal, even, you know, or even you know, just one and two chords, one or one two chords here, there, and and I mean, so you know, it's just different. I mean, I'm not saying that people shouldn't do anything. I don't have any issues with it. I, there's more, a lot more meat, generally melodically and harmonically, on the older standards. Sure, there but there, there's some pop tunes that a lot of jazz guitar sure. players, especially Beatles tunes. Yeah, I mean, jazz guitar players are all over Beatles you know, tunes yeah, all the time. I mean, no, there's lots of stuff, and I mean. I don't know what the answer to that is. I mean, if you like a song, you should play it, and you should find your own way to play it. And I mean, do what I... I mean, I just take it apart, and, you know, I mean, I play a lot of those tunes and try to make sense of them and try to see how he they actually, work. He actually, he asked that. He said, what recent popular non-jazz tune would be best for reworking? Well, see, he, when he says recent, he's ta- he's not talking about Beatles or or those, like, no, Stevie I, Wonder. I, he's talking about, like, the Ramones. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. I, I mean, I, 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 I always I don't know, but not particularly up on what's new. I'm trying to think of a song that I heard recently that I said, oh, I really want to play that and rework it and figure it out. I'm not saying it's not out there. I mean, it's just... I think it'd be hard to find, man. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, mean, if you look through, like, if you listen to pop radio and you hear Beyonce, which most of her tunes are in one key, or if you hear most of the rap stuff, it's in one key. I mean, most of the pop stuff I hear is one chordal kind of stuff. Like, what what are you going to do with that? There's no chords. But, but if you, you take, you gotta add shit. But if you, yeah, well, you got to just rewrite the whole fucking, <laughs> fucking thing. Right, well, you know, I mean, again, I'm, I mean, and it's not, you know, I gotta, I gotta plead, and you know, just uh, ignorance on this. I don't listen to a lot of that music, so if it, there might be a tune out there right now that's the best tune I ever heard, and I wouldn't know. Well, if you take Steely Dan, there's a ton of standard-like songs. If you take, like, Maxine, yep. there's a great song by Donald Fagan that Michael Brecker played on. That's, like, if you if you take that stuff and write it out, it actually is standards. Because yeah, but that's, just, that's not what they're talking about. That's not no, so new. That's you know, not that's, new, right? That's not new at 30, all. 30, 40 years old that's, already. Yeah, that's old. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's I a hard that, one, I man. But I mean, that, I, mean I, 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 but I, I challenge him to take some things he likes and make something new take out that of it. favorite I Taylor think, Swift song I think you and should just take jazz single ladies single ladies, oh, single ladies and play it as a jazz guitar solo right, piece right right or you know Carrie Underwood or Trisha or whatever in a yearwood or you know a Brad Paisley tune or I'd, whatever I'd love to hear single ladies as a jazz guitar solo piece <laughs> that'd be great there you go man. there's a challenge for you people <laughs> yeah. this question is from <laughs> that'd be great wouldn't it yeah da 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 I think Scott should play that next time. Yeah, I think that's this one's great from Lawrence, jazz tune. Yeah. This one's from Lawrence Riley. Uh-huh. Good on you, Lawrence. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> when I talk like that, it reminds uh, uh, me of all the old shows I used to watch. Uh, this subject is exotic. What well, I'm singing Beyonce. What? Exotic. Ex- exotic pedals? Yes. Oh, oh, you the, know I've been bitching company. about exotic pedals because it's like, I, I'd introduce and say they're a sponsor, but I don't even know if they know we exist. No, they do. Well, but you know what I Maybe did? Toshio does, I think. Well, I called them up. I reached out oh. to them. I wrote them. <laughs> what they do, snub you? No, <laughs> I wrote them an email and said, hey, it's Guitar Wank. I just want to touch base and reconnect with you guys, see what you're doing. And they wrote me back, 
now at the time we're actually okay with podcasts we've got too many maybe email us back in a couple i don't of think months. he knows that it's me and no it was someone else they got yeah. confused and i wrote him back yeah. and i said no no you already sponsor us you confused. you didn't mention my name because they just I did, they just know it is me i think he yeah. brushed over it really quickly yeah and thought i was trying to get in with them yeah and anyway they called i called them or they called me and said hey mm-hmm. we're sorry but and yeah. I'm going to go over to this, the shop yeah. and talk to them because they're making guitars oh, and good. they're doing great things. They're just in Van Nuys. They're right down the street yeah, from there. I didn't know they were locally. But yeah. anyway, this Lawrence said, I tried out an exotic uh, drive pedal and ended up buying it. Exotic I tried the, what? Which one? The, the SL drive. I don't even know that one. The exotic, the small one. It's the little one. Uh-huh. Um, he tried that. He loved it. He bought it. Mm-hmm. And then he bought the compressor. And then he bought the EP booster all because... Of Guitar Wank Podcast. Oh, I'll be darned. So there we well, go. Good. So we, you know, do, we actually do something. The funny thing is I, I don't really know much about their pedals because, our, you know what, I have to say that I'm pretty dumb about a lot of pedals because there's just <laughs> too many of them out there to have tried them all. And there's so many, there's probably a lot of good ones I don't know about. And I'm sure Exotic makes some good pedals that I don't know about. But I've just been using the same ones that, you know, you get to really like something and it... it um, Geez, I've had the same pedals on my pedal board for almost 20 years. And, and, and I've tried ch- changing them or trying to see if this one would replace it, and it just can't do you, it. You, you know those pedals so well too, right? Well, it's not, that, it's not that I... Well, of course I know them and I love their sound, but I can't find anything that can do what they do better. Right. And, and there you go. It's just... If you, something's you probably, not broke, As, as with it. Bruce... You probably have a lot of manufacturers trying to chase you down to give. I do. Yeah, Bruce, they're, you have that same problem. They're, no, no, they're trying to run me over. No. <laughs> they're trying to run you, over. run you over. No, they're trying to. They're trying to get me to try pedals. So you can endorse this shit. And- I always say, send me stuff, but I won't stand in line in the post office, send it back. So if I don't like it, I'm going to give it to one of my friends. And Heck, so if you want to send it, anything? send it. I have given you stuff. What? I've given you stuff, haven't I? Nah. Pedals. Nah. Usually, I bring them to school and I li- put them ah, on the ta- table and the give them students. to the te- teachers' lounge. Never you know? your friend, Troy. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, I'm, this is one of the first people to ever. I have a written letter that's that's a pedal refusal letter, and it's already written, so I just have to send it to him. I, I love that organized. And I was expecting to send that to Seymour Duncan. Yeah. When they send me this For- Forza pedal, right? And I. I was just blown away. Like you liked it. somebody actually sent me a pedal I like. It was amazing. You know, I've got a, you, I've got a good pedal I like. A new pedal. It's a volume pedal, but look it's what he boss. did to it. It's the the Ernie Ball. Oh, it's an Ernie Ball. But he modified it, and it's so good. Who, who modified it? Justin Butler. He's a Nashville okay. guitarist. Uh huh. And um, oh, I love it. And he cool. made it stronger and better because you know the strings get weird sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome volume pedal. I love it. Thank you, Justin. He's a great guitar player and he makes a good pedal. So cool. That was a good one. This is from Andrew Vise. Good on you, Andrew. And he's got a Holdsworth solo question. Mm-hmm. Good on you, Holdsworth. We're thinking of you. Pud Wud. Do you know yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, I know it. Guys, thinking Sans Pud Wud is probably the most exciting guitar solo, solo I've ever heard. What do you make of this? 
Do you have a favorite? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a hard one, man. I mean, I, I, funny question. I, I, I don't think. really know how you separate one Holdsworth thing and say that's the best solo we ever played. I, I, I do have some of my favorite Holdsworth solos, but they're not they're not actually on his albums. They're on the Tony Williams Lifetime. And if <laughs> Alan heard me say that, he would really be mad because he didn't like his playing on that record. But I I thought it was really good. I thought he played some great shit. And it may be that I it's my favorite because it's the first time I ever heard him, and it stuck with me. You know, like the solo on that song Fred and Proto Cosmos. Right. And those songs on, on that album, they hit me in the same way that it hit me when I heard, um, what's that great Elvin Jones album, On the Mountain, oh, with yeah. uh, Jan Hammer and, and Elvin Jones. Yeah. And it's such a good record that every time I think of Jan Hammer, regardless of all the stuff and the people he's played with with Ma Vishnu Orchestra, I think of that record because it's just it, it's just such a great album. You know, and... and that's sort of like that Believe It album is like that to me. Right. I've heard I've heard it so many times and I grew up listening to it. So nothing that he did on his records impacted me as much as is 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 that. Okay, but, very cool. Bruce, but did a, you have anything to say on that? No, um, that sounds good to me. But yeah, you know. <laughs> Alan was Alan was Alan. Every Holdsworth solo was exciting to some degree, man. Yeah, of course. It was like it's holy amazing. shit. This is from Derek. amazing chops. And Derek uh, <laughs> loves the show obviously because he managed to listen to about twenty episodes in a row. His, <laughs> yeah, oh my god! <laughs> on his drive from Pompano Beach, Florida, to Illinois, Pompano Beach, Pompano. To Illinois. That's a long ass drive. So that's a long ass drive. <laughs> Why did he listen to that many episodes? <laughs> oh my god! He, he did say he nearly nodded off a few times and occasionally wondered if he should just turn his car into oncoming traffic. <laughs> <laughs> that'll well, do it to you. That'll that will definitely do it to you. <laughs> well, that, those, those people don't deserve it. Ah, uh... <laughs> uh, well, we're glad you made it there to write this question, oh, Derek. That's a good Holy one. Holy crap! Mike, I'm impressed. Is there a question there? Yeah, there's no? a question. My question has to do with Bruce and Scott mentioning learning Whoa. a lot from guitar players like Benson and Holdsworth in their formative mm. years I've also heard a lot of criticism of certain unbeat, um, unnamed guitarists being a clone of their hero so what are you guys thoughts on you know cloning your heroes and all that kind of stuff we kind of touched on this before I feel yeah let's give him well, a short he must answer. not have really listened to the 20 yeah episodes. right he didn't he just had him on yeah, Probably had a girl in the car, or yeah, more than likely, or a jug of whiskey or something. He's saying he's asking, should we be encouraging our students to model themselves after some oh. of their heroes in a fairly substantial way in their journey to learn the language? I think they should, but that's the key thing: is not just one of them, a bunch of them, like right. ten or more, because then you don't have run the risk of sounding too much like any one of them. You you, you get influenced by a bunch of them, and that that's more ingredients in the soup makes it a different soup yeah I that's mean, it take from the people you love and make it your own that's all yeah. you know but first you have to take it you yeah know, we all that's just the way it works we all go through listening to the guys that came before us otherwise we wouldn't be able to do what we do in the first place we wouldn't have the influence or we wouldn't have the vocabulary without listening to those guys who we've all listened to and I think just about anybody that plays well, they are. How often do you hear guys say, 
we don't, how do you play so good? Well, it's because I went to Berkeley. <laughs> it's usually not. It's usually because, well, I studied this guy. I studied that guy. I studied this guy. I studied right. that guy. That's more usually what people, people say. We've got one last question, then we're going to finish the show because it is getting late. And this is from Gene Poole, and I thought this was, might be a fun one. Gene Poole? Gene Poole. <laughs> Did his parents give him that right. name on purpose? Yeah, Gene Poole. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not as bad as Harry Johnson. <laughs> My high school buddy, Harry Johnson. He yeah. wants us to elaborate on a couple of stories about... Who wants to go first, Scott or Bruce? Uh, it Scott. doesn't matter. Scott, all right, first, Scott, whatever. you're first. Scott, please elaborate on Gary Willis almost clocking and apparently deserving Virgil Donati in Australia. What's the backstory? There really isn't much of a backstory. It's just that he got so angry. We all did. We got so angry at him that Gary Willis, he wanted to physically hurt him. <laughs> Why? But he didn't, you know, of course because... he didn't because Gary's not a, a, a violent person, but... um because Virgil just made the gig into a complete disaster. <laughs> How did yeah. you do that? By by obfuscating one so often. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, no, no, I'm talking about doing it on purpose. Right. There's, there's the a one? there's Where's a the one? there's a thing that that drummers can't. Some drummers can do. It. Uh, thank God. Not many of them know how to do it, but some drummers can do it, where they can actually like drop an eighth note and pick it up four bars later (laughs) you know i mean it's 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 there's nothing musical about it it's just stupid it's a dumb thing to do regardless of how difficult or clever it is right it's still an unmusical stupid thing to be able to know how to do right and And he did that and not only not not only doing that but doing other stuff like playing a cousin of a beat, and you know what a cousin is? No, I don't know. A cousin, cousin is a is an offshoot of a of a beat. I'll give you an example of a cousin. Right. If you have a beat that's going dun dun da dun 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 da dun 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 da, and you then in triplets da 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 and you play that over that groove. And of course, everyone is confused except for the drummer. <laughs> and it ruins the music and just makes everybody mad. So, so except so, for the drummers in the audience. It's like it's like stump the band. Yeah, stump you the know, band. Stump the band. So, Tribal Tech was a we were a four four groove band, man. We just wanted people to party and dance to our music. <laughs> and that's what we were about. We were right. about we were disciples of Herbie Hancock. Yep. And that's what we wanted to be, especially Gary Willis. You know, I was a, more of a weather report guy, but Willis was really into Herbie. And a lot of the music, in fact, probably 90% of the music he wrote was funk. Yep. It was supposed to be like Tower of Power meets Jazz, meets the Headhunters yep. with Mike Clark. It was th- about that. And you put a drummer like Virgil Donati into that atmosphere, and it was just like oil and water. How did Virgil get in the situation? He got in through a very fucked up way. Right. The promoters in Australia were not just uh, promoters. They also ran a drum company. And a big part of their decision to have as guests for their concerts or their tour in Australia was about who was on drums. Right. So it was like Tribal Tech was getting to be a popular band, but Kirk Covington was not a household name like Dave Weckl or Vinnie Caliuta or Billy Cobham or 
in Australia, Virgil Donati, because he was a very big name in Australia. Right, yep. So we couldn't get any of the other guys. So they said, you can come and play down here, but you've got to use Virgil. Normally, I would say, if someone said that to me, I would say, go fuck yourself. Right. But Kirk Covington was going through a divorce, and he couldn't come anyway. And so he wasn't all butthurt about it. He was just like, okay, you guys, I don't. Uh, it sucks because I'm in the band and he's not, but just go do it. We went and did it. Yeah. And if it had been a good drummer, we would have had a great time. Yeah. But it, unfortunately, it was... <laughs> I can't even tell you what a miserable time we had. <laughs> I can't like even... I can't, it was the worst, probably the worst musical nightmare of my whole career. <laughs> Yeah. Fucking Australians. Yeah. And I'll tell you what else that motherfucker did. Um, uh, um, um, I went to jam with him and Rick Ferbracci at MI. This was before going on the road with him. And he was trying to sort of cool it. He didn't want me to see that side of him that he knew I probably wouldn't like. Mm -hmm. So at the jam session, he was trying to kind of cool out on that crazy shit and he was kind of grooving, and we had kind of a fun jam. La later, about two months later, I found out that they had recorded it, and he made an album of it, and he put it out. Oh wow! Without my knowledge. Okay. So I so I told him I was going to sue him. Right. And he settled out of court, and I got a lot of money. So uh, I don't I don't hold the guy. I I don't like him. And I, I hate his drumming. Yep. And I, that's, you know, I don't have a whole lot of good things to say well, about there it. There you go, Gene Poole. Well, so, Gene Poole, now you know all the... Uh... <laughs> there you go, See, Bruce. I'm so glad I'm not in show business. Right? <laughs>
<laughs> Bruce, please elaborate on taking the guy's amp and what's the backstory? Taking the guy's amp? How does he amp? know about that? You've, I think you've mentioned it on the show before. That's the first time I met you. Uh, was that gig? God, I'm, yeah. It was right. with Danielle. With Danielle, right. And uh, Beverly Whose Hills. Whose did you right. take? The bass uh, player. Bass player. Okay, there's this guy. And um, and we played. He's a bass owner. He's not a bass player. And, uh, <laughs> a what? What? A bass owner. And uh, he's a bass owner. Yeah. And and we and we and and he had a gig and he paid he paid good and he hired. Yeah. He's a bass owner. Yeah. That well, is so funny. That's awesome. Man. <laughs> and uh, how did you end up playing with a bass well, owner? He called me for a gig and it paid a lot and it was it was like with good guys. Good. Is that good. that was where I met Daniel? Where I met Daniel. Met Daniel. Okay, no, they're not the gig you came to, but the backstory. Mm, right. Wow. It was on one of the, his gigs. Okay. And I'm there and like really good players. This is in town. Yeah. 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 Down like downtown. He had some gig, paid nicely. And we played, and it was like, you know, really good drummer, great vibes player, Plas Johnson, Nolan Shaheed. What does I mean, Plas Johnson play? Saxophone. Oh, he's that's the right. He's a, guy. Yeah, he's good. I mean, you know, he's brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, you know, really good players always on the gig, just top notch. Even guy. though this guy can't play. Yeah, well, he's paying good money. Because he's fun. The... We'll play some tunes, you know, right. and have a good time. And he's recording. And we know, like, what that's about. And uh, he kept, what, what's the recording? He says, oh, it's just for me to help us get more gigs. I said, okay, mm -hmm. cool, you know. And uh, Daniel was one of the singers. There was another singer he used too. And then after doing a few of those gigs, I get a contract in the mail that he's going to release one of these gigs as a CD. The singer wants to release it as her, as her CD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and and the, the, the terms on the CD are like, if we sell twenty thousand, then you'll get some money. <laughs> I mean, it was just it was just basically yeah, you bend over, pull yeah, your pants down and bend sure, over. Sure, bend over. You right. know that was that was a like, and, you know, and we're not going to kiss you. You know, and, I, <laughs> right. and uh, <laughs> kind of thing. And so I said, well, this is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. This is unacceptable. Have her call me, and we'll work something out. Mm -hmm. And she never called. And so she really did never reach out to me. She, to this day, she's never. Mm -hmm. She did once mention, you know, I'm thinking of releasing that stuff. I said, honey, I don't want that stuff coming out. You know, I, I remember saying that to her, but that was way before I was getting this contract. Okay, so I get the contract. I said, no, this is not cool. I don't want it to come out. And if it does come out, I want to be paid my full price. You know, which, you know, which. Which I said, I normally, if she would have called me, I would have given you a deal. You know, what the hell? There's enough records out there. Well, I can't stop anything. Mm -hmm. and, um, and he kept dicking me along. Okay, I'll pay you. Da, you da, 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 the record da, da. came out? Well, yeah, the record was going to come out. And like with Danielle, she was on some of the gigs. So I kept doing the gigs because he kept promising me we'd resolve it at the gig. Mm -hmm. But every time, he didn't. It was just I'd play the gig and then... He'd pay you for the gig, but not yeah, the yeah, recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Well, oh no, we haven't gotten it quite together yet, you know." And the guy was a, is a uh, financial analyst. I mean, he makes <laughs> he makes a shitload of money. You know, I mean, that's stock, why he's a base owner because he's a financial. And so finally, I just got so tired of the runaround that I took his amp. <laughs> 
<laughs> After the gig, right? Yeah, just how I did just, you manage to do that without him seeing you do it? It was, it was an acoustic image head, uh-huh. so it was. It's like you know, it's the size of of a big Bible, right? And they're they're expensive, right? But, you know, and I just took it, and I, I told the drummer, I said, "If he wonders where this is, tell him I took it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what did he call you? Yeah, he called me, and he threatened to call the police. I said, "You know, you can go ahead and call the police. I don't care." I said, uh, you know, I mean, and I've got your attention now. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been promising to pay me for this record date that's totally unauthorized and you totally lied about. And it's not her fault. You gave it to her. You recorded it. Mm-hmm. And you promised me that what it was for was for this. And it wasn't. So you got to pay me. Mm-hmm. If you want your aunt back, I'm calling the cops. I'm calling the cops. I said, you know, I don't care. Fine. My brother's a DA up in San Francisco. I'm sure he'll talk to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's like... Uh, You know, and I don't see your name on this thing anyways, you know. Could be mine, you know. Right. And uh, I eventually just, I got him so upset. And I didn't want his amp because I didn't want it to, like, break on, you know, and, mm-hmm. like, have to pay for, you know, because yeah, I didn't sure. want his amp. Right. But did he pay attention. you finally? No, he never did. He never paid he you? never did, no. And, and the record... The singer's workaround was it was for promotional purposes only. What a bunch of bull! That and is it, just outright thievery. Yeah, man. yeah, it is. And and I never got a penny. And uh, did you sell his amp? No, I gave it back. Wow, man, I I'm surprised. Back. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to go through the. If he wanted to call the cop, I didn't want to go yeah. through the thing. Sure. And uh, you know, since then he's called me for gigs. <laughs> Unbelievable! And I tell you, no fucking way would I ever play with you. You can't. Right. Wow. You're kidding, right? Is this a joke? Did somebody put you up to this? Because so, you know, besides the fact that you can't play, mm-hmm. and, oh you, my God. You li- and you lied to me, you also wow. ripped me off. Right. It's like, why would I play with you? So that's that story. That's incredible. But the story where man. I met Danielle was even better than that story. Uh, Danielle D'Andrea, she, you know, Danielle's very bubbly and kind of bouncing off the walls and she was particularly excited to be playing with me she knew who i was and so she's you know you know just so super excited cute she is and she's wearing this little like orphan annie kind of outfit you know i mean (laughs) is this australian chick and she's just like you know bubbly and vivacious bouncing and bouncing off the wall i can't believe i'm playing with you okay you know she's doing this thing i'm like cool you know and and the bass player who I had yet to, this is the first gig with him, so I didn't even know whether he could play or not. And he goes to me, uh, "You need to talk to the singer because there was no piano player. It was just I'm the piano player. I'm the chord guy." He says, uh, "You need to talk to the singer. She's key challenged." <laughs> this is like, oh great, you know what I mean? This, you know, I'm gonna earn my money tonight, you <laughs> guys. <laughs> And so I went and talked to her, and she's like bouncing off the walls. I mean, it's like a hyperactive kid, you know, but she's so beautiful, and she's so cool, and so cute. And uh, she's got two lists of tunes, and they have separate keys on them. And it was obvious to me right away which was his list and which was hers, Mm -hmm. although he, for some reason, was confused. I mean, there was the standard keys and the non-standard keys, and girls generally don't sing in the standard keys. They usually sing a fourth away. That's just general. So I'm going like, I'm guessing, you know, okay, I had my guitars. Does this sound better or this sound better? She says, oh, either one's fine. 
And I'm and now I'm really worried about this chick because if she thinks mm -hmm. you know they're a fourth away from each other, you know, wow. fifth away, right. I'm going. You know, yeah, I'm sure either one's fine, but maybe she has a huge range. Yeah, but <laughs> no, I need, no, it's not going to work that way. Even if she's got a huge range, she's still going to be kind of okay. out of the sweet spot, right? And so, like, I can't. You know, I don't know what to say. I'm just like, I'm like worried that this singer is lamer than lame, cute as she may be. Uh huh. And it, but it's pretty obvious to me she's a girl. You know, honeysuckle rose. Girls usually sing it in B flat, and guy, guys sing it in F. You know, and guys like to play it in F because it's in the real book in that key, and that's mm -hmm. the way they know it. But you know, it was pretty obvious to me which the girl keys were. Is that the da 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 da? That's a great tune though. Da 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 da. That's Limehouse Blues. Oh, that's Limehouse Blues. That's what? How does how does da 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 da? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, so I kind of ascertained that these are the right keys for Danielle, which doesn't make the bass player happy because now his charts don't work. Oh. And I didn't know that. I mean, because I didn't know either one of them. Right. And so we start playing, and like I'm immediately babysitting the bass player or just basically playing bass. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just sort of making noise you know like a broken down air conditioner <laughs> and uh and and the singer like proceeds to just kill the song i mean sing it unbelievably well mm -hmm. and i'm thinking to myself wow beginner's luck <laughs> you know you know i mean it's like wow uh -huh. she's like you know she yeah. kind of got that one lucky her you know here comes the next one. I'm not like dreading it, you know, because now I'm babysitting this bass player. Mm -hmm. I've got a drummer and horn player, so mm -hmm. I'm basically got not only the singer singing the song, but every successive horn player. And then I got to take a chorus, and I got no bass player, oh. and I got a drummer, right. which is okay, mm -hmm. but you know, I'm kind of like, yeah, this is the bass. My and his yeah. fingers, the bass player, and my other three fingers, right. the guitar player. Right. And um, then we did another tune, and she proceeds to just be brilliant and we're going like wow she's really lucky <laughs> i'm still like in my mind <laughs> you know she's not very it. good but she yeah. just seemed to you know somewhere uh, she got lucky she connected with some really important shit and pulled two two out of it two in a row that's some amazing shit she should really play the lottery kind of thing mm -hmm. and then the third tune and she's like amazing and I, I remember looking over the drummer and going, she's really good. <laughs> <laughs> like you still can't believe it. And like the drummer goes, duh. Well, why did you not believe she was good in the just, first place? Just because in, in the way she acted uh -huh. and then the whole key challenge thing. Oh, okay. And then just like, it just seems so lame. The whole thing okay. seems so amateur right. that, you know what I mean? Sure. And, you know, and, yeah. and now I'm like, and she's just getting progressively better. <laughs> wow. And I'm just going, wow, this is like, this is maybe the best singer I've ever played with, mm -hmm. you know? And I play with a lot of really great singers. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> and of course, the bass player, he's, he's already fallen by the wayside. It's like, you know, hit the ball and then drag him. Because he's having to transpose all the charts. <laughs> oh, I mean, even the... in the original key, he would have been worthless. But oh, in transpose, okay. it was even more worthless. Okay. And, he's, and he was just worthless to begin with. Mm -hmm. And... So that that's kind of what six weeks of gigs were like. And he had two different singers that alternated. 
And I took the gig because I'm basically a whore. You know, it was, it was good money. I just mm -hmm. kind of moved down to L.A., was on the scene. The other guys in the gig were great. Mm -hmm. It was like Nick Mancini and Plaz Johnson and Polly Sarah and, you know, really great drummers, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was like, yeah. How the bass player, why was he so horrible? He just couldn't play, you know. He couldn't well, play in tune, couldn't play in he's, time. He's not the guy that, he's not the financial analyst. This is yeah. a different, oh, it's that guy. That's the same oh, guy. Oh, duh. He, <laughs> oh, he, 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 he booked that the gig. Guy. He booked the gig. <laughs> it's that guy again. And he, and he, and he hired, he hired the, the sound man who was recording. Yeah. And then we were going like, uh, hey, they're recording. What's up? Oh, it's just to get us more gigs. Well, okay, I'm down for that, you know. Yeah. And it, it progressed into making a record. Yeah. I've had a couple and of... And me stealing um, an amp. But anyways, I just... I remember how long it took me to really accept... Right. ...that this singer was good. And she's amazing. I mean, whereas yeah. I should have known, like, in the first four bars of the yeah. first song. Yeah. I just, like, because the scene was so comical, A, her, like, bubbly enthusiasm, and she was kind of, like, dressed like Orphan Annie, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it was just like... And she was so excited, and it was like... You know what I mean? Right. It's like so weird. It's giving you the impression yeah. that she's like a student. And or then, something. of course, the key challenge thing, yeah. and I didn't realize it was coming from him. I thought it was coming from her. Uh -huh. And the first thing she says to me is, like, it doesn't matter. I'm good in either one. It's like, well, that's the same thing a, not a shitty singer would say. Right. right. And, you know, so I'm just like, I'm expecting her to be the lame one and him to be yeah. sort of on earth. Yeah. So it took the me. The opposite. I mean, I'm doing so much work while, you know, I'm taking care of business yeah. so much that. It's take it's kind of almost hard for me to like and then I think it's luck, you know. <laughs> it's like it's going down. And, this, and she's uh, she's phenomenal. She's yeah. phenomenal. Oh yeah. She's is great. she in town? She's she's here. Bruce has played with her I a lot. With played her quite a lot of she lives part time here and part time in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's I've only had a, a few of those best. horrible experiences where the guy that hires you is the really terrible musician. Yeah. And you got and the money's good, so yeah. you gotta do it. But the downside is you got to play with the guy <laughs> because he's not only the agent he's one of the musicians yeah right and, and obviously like, now, oh, crap, now you know? that's just yeah. you know i don't work with him anymore and, yeah and, yeah that um, sounds hard but he has he, he does periodically call me back thinking i'm gonna get over it you know because <laughs> because because basically us musicians are whores in his mind because he's a financial analyst and you know he makes good money and we're just living by gigs, and we're whores. You know, he wants to be one of us, mm -hmm. but obviously his opinion of us but as business people when, is very low. Yeah, but when you when you think about it, I mean, for someone to do what he did to you and what Virgil did to me, yeah, and these are musicians. What in the what can they possibly be thinking? Like I'm trying to think of what Virgil was thinking in his mind. He wanted when, to get. Uh, get, you get the benefit of being associated with you. Well, I know I understand that, but I mean, didn't he realize that somehow I'm going to hear about it and and that I'm going to freak out? Like, he did, uh, well, like, they never know how much you're going to freak out. I guess. I mean, do, do you think that there's actually a person and, and that would say, cared, "Oh, you did, did? You just did a record with me without me knowing it." Uh, <laughs> oh, that's okay. No, I mean, but I, no. Okay, so you freak out. You know, maybe you'll try and sue him, but you know that's a lot of money. Most musicians don't even bother with that. Uh, maybe you'll hate him, but you know, let's face it. This guy. I mean, I'm a little reticent even sharing this in public because this guy burned me. Uh huh. The people who listen to this story are just going to remember that I got burned. Uh -huh. They're not going to hate him. 
And I don't really need people thinking that I'm that much of a fucking sap. Mm -hmm. So it's better not to, even though I have shared the story, it's better in general to just move on from that shit than it is to fight about it. Because if you fight about it, people are not going to remember Virgil and I. They're going to remember Scott Henderson got burned and ripped off. What a sap. You know what I mean? Uh There's that level of you know you must have done something to you know what i mean well i didn't even know there was a i didn't even know it was being recorded exactly but my you understand what i'm saying when you go to fight about it in public Mm -hmm. then you're basically people aren't going to remember who burned you they're just going to remember that you got burned yeah and and that kind of shit is just bad publicity for you yeah i guess it's just only happened once so they so they bet on that's what these people who do it well kind of bet on is that you're just going to kind of let it go because it's better just to not well, I have to say another thing that was interesting because I remember one time, it was a long time ago, when I was playing with Covington in a trio. <clears throat> I guess it was the same band that Josh had seen in Florida. And we were playing in Moscow and for like maybe the third time. And someone handed me a CD to Did sign. You, yeah. And it was Scott Henderson live in Moscow right. at that club that I was playing in. And it was an official CD that right. they were selling. And what? I knew nothing about it. There are tons of those yeah. out in the world of yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, there are. Yeah. I, I've, wow. I've seen them. Yeah. What Japan, did you do? too. I just looked at it and I just went, wow. I mean, it, this is a drag because I don't know who recorded it. The club didn't have any recording equipment, so it wasn't them. Yeah. Um, but somebody must have been in the audience with a really decent, you know, s- miking system, maybe stereo miking, yeah. or maybe it was him and a friend, and they, they, they I, I don't know how they did it. Yeah. But since this was the club at that time, that club is the only club I'd ever played in Moscow, so it definitely came from that club, and the club has no recording equipment, so it has to be somebody in the audience. In the audience. And wow. they, just, they just recorded it and put it out. And and uh, and I, I I got a copy of it and I have it at my house and it does, it's not a good sounding record but it's good enough right. to to for someone to say okay well I'll buy this it's not the greatest recording quality in the world but I can still hear everybody and hear all, what everybody's doing, doing. Yeah. but I was like wow somebody made some money off me and I, right well that's you know that that's, well that's and it's, what it's, we it's, th- and, it's, and believe me it's going to be more and more and more of it now it's yeah. just going to be right on youtube or facebook yeah. well you know what oh. we're doing it right now i'm doing that right now to you guys but right. i actually told you about it you told I'm us about it first, you guys so it's okay. and right. i'm releasing it and i have the youtube content verification program so i can take anything they put up exactly. off immediately thank goodness there you go and many and many guys they don't realize, but if you're listening and if you're a musician and you're tired of getting posted on YouTube, you don't have to put up with it. You just get in that program and you just check a box and hit delete and the video's gone in two seconds. Yep. It's not a big deal. It's, it's, uh, I, I kind of salute YouTube for having it yeah, because yeah. they realize that there's a lot of pros out there touring on the road and it's an iPhone world. And... Every, almost every, I can just imagine, especially pop people. Well, maybe they're maybe they're a little bit more restrictive in the pop world because I think maybe if you're in the pop world and you hold up your iPhone, a security guy comes in and, 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 and confiscates it and takes yeah. your iPhone away. Yeah. In my world, we don't have security guards. We're playing for kind of big audiences, but there's nobody to police. I just kindly ask them on the phone. I mean, on the mic, please, no iPhones. <laughs> yeah. Just enjoy the concert and don't tape it, if you wouldn't mind. 
But I still see an occasional iPhone. I'm not going to stop the show because one guy fucking holds his I- iPhone up. But, <laughs> but you know, you see the video on YouTube and then you just get rid of it. And that makes it like yeah. not such a big deal. Uh, you know, it's, it's helpful. Whereas like now on Facebook, they can post video. Yeah. But the only way to get rid of it is to fill in the whole big... You have to go to the copyright section and fill in the DMCA form. It's a big, long oh, form. Jesus. And you have to fill it out. And sometimes it takes up to a week for the video to be removed. Yeah. Or actually, they've gotten pretty good about it. I'd say two days, yeah. they get rid of it. Right. But there's nothing like that instant gratification of like, oh, God, that's a crappy sounding video. Click, delete. click, delete, and it's gone. And and the fucker that posted it gets a copyright hit. I love it. <laughs> so, love it. Well, I love that. On that note, um, Sir Bruce, till next time. Till next time, I'll see yeah. you out there. Well, I'll see you out Sir there. Scott, I'm going to Argentina, so... You're going to Argentina. Um, going Argentina? to Argentina for, from the 8th to the 24th. Of October? Um, of October. That's a month. And I'm going to be playing no, um, with local musicians there with uh, a really good bass player and drummer. Yep. And, um, and there's going to be a lot of really good players sitting in because there's some badass horn players in Buenos Aires. And Luis Salinas lives there, the guitarist, yes. and he's great. And he'll be sitting in for sure. And I love sitting in with him because he's kind of like me. He plays a, he plays a guitar like, like Bruce's because he, he plays a, a big Gibson hollow body. But he often hits the treble pickup with the distortion pedal. And he's actually a pretty decent rock player too. So he can, go, he can get into the, to the, you know, to the really gnarly Jimmy Page shit if he wants to. Yep. And he's unmerciful with the with the Brazilian rhythms and the with this thing. <laughs> it's or the Latin rhythms cuz he's Argentinian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he can also do the tango thing and he's a ridiculous guitar player. Just oh, fucking phenomenal. So I'll get my ass kicked. <laughs> It'll be fun to get a get my ass kicked by that guy every night. It's, well, that's gonna uh, that's be fun. fun too. Well, yeah, if you're on the fun. road and uh, people go see Scott, give us a shout out and. I'm also doing a pick. clinic at Imba, which is uh, I'm I'm doing three days of workshops at Imba. Imba, yeah. Imba, which is uh, it's a Spanish name, so I can't pronounce it, but it's one of the main music schools in our in Buenos Aires, and um, it's a it's a it's a good place, really. Um, smart students man they're teaching them jazz it's a ja- it's a re- legit jazz school yeah. wow. and it's a lot of fun to, to, to work there that's awesome so, that'll be fun great all right adios until adios. next week uh, guys uh, hey. osmosis amoeba uh. <laughs> <laughs>